It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Andy Munoz of the RSL Show on KSL Sports. Uh, Today, I am doing the episode alone, but that does not mean that I'm going to sit here and talk for 30 minutes. Uh, Actually, today, we went out to Real Salt Lake training, and we spoke to uh, one of the most, I would say, like highly anticipated players, um, to join the RSL squad at some point, if you guys haven't heard, uh, Diego Luna, or I guess if you haven't seen the hype behind Diego Luna, um, we're, we're basically bringing you an interview. I would say it's the, probably the first time that he's talked to media actually. Uh, so yeah, RSL show doing great things. Um, we went out to Real Salt Lake training. When I say we, that was myself and Tom Hackett from KSL sports. Uh, we, uh, we're out there. We kind of chopped it up with Trey Fitzgerald, of course. He's everywhere. Uh, spoke a little bit to Elliot Fall. Uh, we saw a little bit of the training. Um, let's talk about who looked good in training. Uh, Yoni Menendez looked great. Uh, let's see. Who else? Uh, Jefferson, as always, looked pretty good. Um, people who didn't look the greatest... I would say Cordova was really struggling uh, to get shots on frame. Uh, they were either just going, you know, a little bit wide of the post, or uh, I mean, there was there were a few times where he just skied it, um, actually up to where we were at. And uh, if you've been over to, you know, Harriman the Zebra where they practice outside, uh, it's almost like a two-story climb to get up to the spectator view on those like just on the concrete out there, and so. Uh, you know, there was there was a lot being said between Tom and I when it came to Cordova, and uh, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, so, yeah, so today we're going to, like I said, we, we spoke with Diego Luna. First impressions of this guy is, uh, you know, if, if, if you remove the soccer and um, in the moment, if, if you remember that you're talking to a young kid, a young guy, uh, this kid is just incredibly mature. Uh, the answers that he gives, when you guys listen to the interview... Uh, remember uh, that this kid is, I want to say, 18 years old. Uh, let me just fact check myself here real quick. Awkward pause. Yeah, he was born September 7th, 2003, 18 years old. And you know what? Let's just uh, let's just go down the line here. Uh, he's 5'8", midfielder, came up through the San Jose Earthquakes Academy, 
uh, started there when he was 12 years old, and then he moved on uh, to the Barca Residency Academy in Casa Grande, Arizona. Goes on, moves up to El Paso Locomotive FC. Uh, he plays 41 matches, records 13 goals and 7 assists over those 41 matches. So if you're looking for you know, somebody who can uh, get goals in double digits, uh, here it is. Now, of course, that's at a different level, USL Championship, but um, listen to some of his accolades. So with the Academy, um, the San Jose Earthquakes Academy, Luna takes home the Surf Cup Trophy, uh, went and competed in the prestigious Dallas Cup and Generation Adidas Cup, and then at 15, that's uh, you know when he makes the move over to Barca. So the kid has pretty good experience, and then from what we saw... With the U.S. Youth National Team U20s, uh, he gets uh, seven games, he gets one goal, and then he slots uh, five assists. Or maybe slots a goal and then gets five assists. Whatever it is. Um, you know, clearly, clearly in his element, um, performing in, in tournaments. And we just kind of hope that that trickles over even just a little bit for uh, Real Salt Lake to give us options. So, a lot of promise with Diego Luna. If you guys are looking for highlights, uh, El Paso Locomotive FC YouTube, there's plenty of video, assists, goals. Uh, they still kind of talk about him like he belongs to them, which is a little bit weird. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's, like I said, just a lot of promise and a really good head on his shoulders. Um, and, yeah, Real Salt Lake staff is, is very, very happy with him. Uh, very cool. So uh, we bounce over to Minnesota. Real Salt Lake goes down. Uh, 2-0 before the half. Um, Minnesota scores a third goal, and then um, it's off to the races. Real Salt Lake gets a burst of energy. Uh, they end up scoring in the 71st minute, Savarino, and then Anderson Julio uh, scores in the 76th. Um, there was a little bit of, of worry from the Minnesota side. You could kind of see it. Uh, but, you know, they end up pulling the win, and um, it's just not one of those... Uh, outcomes that we want, uh, but we're also going to hear from Pablo Mastroini. Um, he talks obviously a little bit about that result, the mentality that uh, the players are are having to stick with to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Real Salt Lake is up against uh, Colorado Rapids at home. Uh, this is a team who is sitting, I believe, it's third last in in the Western Conference, and uh, we do ask Pablo about you know his attitude or his feelings about playing you know his former club and he actually gives some pretty cool insight into that as well um there's uh there's a lot of positive things that are still happening at the club even with uh last sunday's result um i know you guys don't like to hear on to the next one that was like the team slogan for a very very long time on social media if you guys remember um but uh what i want to do real quick is i, I actually want to kind of highlight your guys's tweets uh, that you guys sent out. So Alex Napolis, our intern, was tweeting during the match, and he wrote, The high press and transition play has been absolutely killing RSL. Uh, Minnesota United FC has had the energy and momentum. RSL hasn't had answers. Uh, thoughts on the first half. So Kelly Jacks, uh, he or she writes, RSL is doing what I do in indoor soccer. Once I'm frustrated with officiating, I play like this. Uh, Carlos says there's no communication. It seems lack of controlling the ball. Uh, there's no movement. Very frustrating watching them play like this. 
Keenan McEwen says, typical RSL holiday weekend Sunday away match. <laughs> On to the next. Uh, Kyle wrote, I'm ready for the Kai slash Luna era. Okay. I think the... I think the Kai stuff is actually very, very premature. Uh, let's not forget that this kid is very, very young. And I think he's got plenty of development and plenty of growth to do before he actually sees minutes on an MLS roster. I think it's one thing to appear like a grown man, but uh, a lot of a lot of the mentality behind soccer, uh, especially the psychology... I just don't know how someone that young uh, would either be considered prepared uh, or or ready at this level. This is a really tough league um, to try and, and, and to throw somebody that young into a roster. I, I don't know. It just seems like a little, like I said, too premature, very experimental. Uh, we have way better options. Uh, I just don't see that happening. I, I get it. I see the appeal, but... This isn't a Disney movie. This is a real team, real professional athletes, real coaches, real staff, real money on the line. Um, so you got to do it when the timing is right. I just, at this moment, Axel Kai, no hate on Axel Kai. He's done phenomenal things in his young career, but let the kid be a kid. Uh, let him, you know, give him another year or two, maybe three years. Uh, I, I just don't see it happening as quickly as some people would like to. Like I said, it's not a Disney movie. Okay, uh, let's read some more tweets here. So Bart says, that's always our kryptonite. That's why Portland kills us every time. Uh, yeah, Portland's a great team. Uh, Yeno Coniello wrote, I hope there are three changes at halftime. Julio for Cordova, Holt for Herrera, and Menendez for Chang for Miram. Going to a three-back. So a lot of people just kind of calling for subs. Um let me just see if I could see a more in-depth tweet here. I see, I see somebody by S. A. Zenner, uh, definitely missing Jay Glad and Brody is mostly off his game, and Miram seems slow. Uh, Cordova is surprisingly weak for such a big guy and still can't finish. A thousand percent, wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Uh, I don't know squat, but I'd feel good about three subs at the half to change the energy. Um, yeah, the, I think the fan base is pretty in tune with uh, what we're feeling, what changes need to happen. Uh, the sentiments, uh, we actually did ask Pablo, uh, that very question. And, uh, I actually brought this up to Tom prior to the questioning. I said, you know, Hey, we've got this big dude on our, on our, on our roster in Sergio Cordova. Uh, but it's like, you know, he's like the big friendly giant. I, I have yet to see that, you know, ferociousness, that hunger, that killer attitude, that putting away attitude, the finishing attitude. And I just don't know what's going to get him there it sounds like at a coaching or at a staff level they're they're working on those things and, and they've talked to him about it but um in a moment you will hear what pablo has to say about that in other real salt lake news uh shout out to the content team uh i think they were in like the top 10 uh growth on tiktok when it came to major league soccer teams uh, I, I want to say it was like 9 million views within the last season so far. Um, you can go and look at Real Salt Lake's uh, Twitter account, or you can go look at Emma Kramer's uh, Twitter account. Um, yeah, they're breaking barriers. They're they're kind of, you know, they're. I know a lot of people in the beginning argued for more heavy soccer content, and I believe that it exists. I believe that it's out there. Um, but 
uh, appealing to the younger generation on TikTok and pulling new fans and having 9 million eyes on a quote-unquote small soccer market, small city, Salt Lake City. We're not very small anymore, but uh, you get the point. Uh, 9 million eyes on Justin Glad walking around with the shirt off. Hey, we'll take it. Uh, so shout out to the uh, content team over at Real Salt Lake. And again, the interns that are running around and, uh, you know, getting photos and videos. Cool, cool stuff. All right, guys. So we will go ahead and uh, button up. <laughs> That's really stupid. We'll button up the show with interviews by Tom Hackett and myself from the RSL show. Uh, talking to Diego Luna, midfielder, and head coach Pablo Mastroini. Also, uh, I did interview Julio Anderson, or Anderson Julio, my bad, um, in Spanish. And we just basically kind of asked him, you know, how it was, you know, being away with an injury, coming back, and then kind of contributing in the way that he was. Um, to keep it short and simple, he just said, uh, you know, he acknowledged the injury said that, um, you know, every waking moment, soccer is fun for him. And so the mentality, the attitude, the positivity, the guy is just doing what he loves the most in life, and that's playing soccer. Uh, so he reiterated that. He he said that a lot in the interview. Uh, we also asked him, you know, how he was meshing with Sergio Cordova and creating chances and if they were friends outside of the team. And he confirmed all of that. He said, yep, you know, we're we're just as tight off the field as we are on the field. Uh, we're trying to figure each other out. Um, every day we're building a stronger connection. Uh, we're trying to increase those chances. We're trying to, you know, build that chemistry. And, uh, and then we asked him if he was the fastest, fastest on the team. And he started to laugh. Uh, he said that Justin Glad and Aaron Herrera are much faster than him. So, uh, yeah, speaking with Anderson Julio, just a, just a very humble dude and a, a guy who wants to work. Uh, but first and foremost, acknowledge that he gets to do what he loves every single day, day in, day out. So uh, we'll get that subtitled. We'll share it uh, out on the social media. And I guess that's your reminder to go follow us at RSL Show on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, also, go check us out on YouTube. We're all over the YouTube uh, channels these days. And again, thank you so much for supporting and following the RSL show. If you guys want to submit um, either questions, thoughts, ideas, email us at the RSL show at gmail.com. And we'll conclude with that. All right. Interviews up next. How was the... Uh under 20 tournament was that fun yeah it was awesome man it was it was a good month you know learning off the field and on the field but it was it was good uh, you know a lot of connections made and then of course winning the tournament was awesome did you feel like you got better throughout the tournament um 100 i kind of had a, a little stomach bug for about a week and a half so it was kind of hard played a couple games through that but throughout the whole thing yeah i think i performed well and then um Obviously playing against Nicaragua, Honduras, the spaces, you have a lot more space playing against them than you do here. Did you notice that in the first training back? Yeah, definitely here. Everything's more compact, and of course guys are faster, stronger, so it is going to be more difficult, but it's exactly what I'm looking for, you know, a challenge. 
that's exactly what I'm looking for. And then there was a bit of hype around you throughout the tournament. You were kind of one of the key players that a lot of national media members were following. How did you handle that? Yeah, no, uh, you know, my brother texted me a couple of times just letting me know. I'm not really on Twitter or, or that stuff, so he, he kind of just showed me some things. And it was cool, but, you know, that's, that's what you get if you start performing well, and that's just kind of my job, so, yeah. Have you had a chance to speak to Pablo or any of the coaches upon your return? Yeah, a little bit, you know, getting to know them, and, and it's been, uh, you know, hectic, right? So a little bit of communication has been good, and then kind of just on the field, you know, my role and kind of what they need from me and stuff. How far off are you, do you think, from, from starting a game with Real Salt Lake? Is it, is it soon, or is there still a lot of developing that needs to occur? Um, that's something, of course, up to the staff and everything, but I think I'm, I'm ready within, let's say, another two weeks. I think I'm ready, yeah. Hey. Thanks for question. Good question. And everybody online was talking about the right foot, which is the penalty. Yeah, yeah. And then the, the left in the corner. Yeah. You, do you feel like you're natural with like both legs, or do you feel like one's stronger than the other? Yeah. So I, I can I use both, and I kind of think growing up, I kind of always wanted to do the same thing I could with my right. I'm right-footed, and then there was a, a segment where I was injured in my right foot a little bit, so I kind of used everything with my left. So it was kind of like a key like year in my life where everything just became natural with my left. But it was all good. Yeah. You know that's pretty rare. Like not not many people can do that. Yeah. I, I don't really you know think about it much just kind of something I just do and something that just yeah something that just grew on me and I'm, I'm used to now so it's it's something cool I guess yeah no, that's that's cool thank you man, thank you, man. appreciate nice it nice to meet you bro good luck on uh, reflection on on last week's game you had a chance to study some of that film where where do you feel like it just didn't work in that opening 60 odd minutes yeah, you know, I think we started really bright. I think the first eight minutes, I, I think we did what we wanted, which was to turn them, get balls in, 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 their final, in, in our final third and create some scoring opportunities, be it through crosses, and I think we did a decent job of that. Um, after that, it was really, I think, our individual mistakes. I think we had good possession of the ball and we'd give up cheap passes that then turned into counters. And when you give three or four of those moments away in a span of what maybe feels like 10 minutes, now the pressure starts mounting against you. Now we get the ball. There's a lack of movement in anticipation of another lost ball. So it's almost a psychological uh, phenomenon that leads to momentum changes. And I think that really set the tone for us in the first half. And we found ourselves really um, in a lot of dangerous transition moments against us uh, and weren't able to create enough in our favor. Jasper and um, well, the introduction of Jasper and Anderson kind of at halftime and 55 minutes in, changed the game as well the way it was played Anderson in particular hasn't seen a ton of minutes since returning is he is he a chance now to really start finding some consistency minute wise yeah I think he's been um you know gaining his uh, form back after a long layoff and uh, his fitness as well I think he's been, last week was probably the sharpest week of training he's had and I think his movements in the game validated that um and so he's definitely uh a player that's moving in the right direction, uh, full of confidence, and he brings something that uh, I think is really important, which is an ability to threaten behind, especially a team like Colorado, who's been, um, you know, who's who's shown that uh, they're they're capable of getting beaten behind the back line, and so he poses a real threat that uh, we haven't had up front um, ever since Bobby left. So, um, you know, excited about uh, the way he's progressing, and look forward to uh, him continuing to do the same. If um, if gambling was legal in Utah, I'd put a lot of money on the fact that Colorado are probably going to come into Rio Tinto Stadium and play a lot of men behind the ball, just given how Columbus were able to do that and actually pick up a result on the road, which doesn't happen at Rio Tinto Stadium for away teams all that often. What is the key? Is it is it is it as simple as just moving the football from from 
sideline to sideline faster or, or how do you hope to kind of counter that yeah i think there's I, I think two things one i think our structure has to be really good occupying spaces that ask a question of the defenses so our positioning in, in possession is, is critical and then i think it's continuing to threaten looking forward to find those gaps to be able to turn um, between the lines um, and if those aren't available always rotating the ball quickly and moving the team from side to side uh, to, to then open up spaces but there's there's got to be structure and there's got to be an impetus to look forward um, and then it's rotating the ball quickly I um I hope this doesn't come off poorly for how big and large and strong and fast as Sergio Cordova is he um he can some by, sometimes be put off with physicality, or at least that's how I perceive it. I, I don't know if you do the same. Have you spoken to him about trying to become uh, more of a dominant figure on the pitch, just given how big and strong and all those things that I mentioned he is? Yeah, I think there's. Uh, I, I think that's a big part of coming from a different league and coming to the MLS, and I think that's one variable of of the many that exists. You know, I think understanding how to play in this league. Uh, how to play within our group. Um, so there's a lot of um, unknowns for Sergio. And I think now he's understanding how physical this league is, even though he's a dominant size. Guys don't care, and guys will run through the back of you, and, and you have to earn the, the guy's respect. And the way you earn that is to be playing tougher, bigger than you really are. Um, so I think that's going to be another step in his uh, process of understanding how this league works. Um, you know, but I think he's making some good strides with his movements off the ball and creating some good stuff. The goal that he created at the weekend I thought was was fantastic. So he is making progress. I think that's the next step where he's not going to get the calls because he is a bigger frame and the onus is on him to really play bigger than what he is. Lastly from me, um, and I'm sure you'll get asked this question at some point later in the week, Colorado, obviously, beloved uh, club of yours. You've played so long there and they, they love you dearly. Is this for you? I want to talk about Pablo Mastroini for a second, not about the team, which I know is hard to do for you, but is this more of an emotional game for you than others? Um, and can, can, you, can, you be, can you be honest with us and not give us the coach talk? Please. I, I think maybe deep down inside it is. Um, it's, it's a big game. But I think what makes me feel good is, at the end of a game, a really good performance. And I, I think coming off of a, a difficult game in, in Minnesota, um, our last home game, to put forth a great performance for the fans and come away with a really good result, I think is what is conscious. The subconscious, I think, will always be there, which is uh, my old club and a club that I played many years at, and I want to win and I want to, you know, I want to beat them. But really, at the end of the day, it's it's what you go to bed thinking is we played really well and we got a great result against a very good team and that makes me sleep easy. I do have one more um, and it just came to me. Vancouver, tough result. International break. San Jose, better. Columbus, little lackluster and then obviously Minnesota. So you you are in a little bit of a lull. I mean, it's not horrible but you were flying prior to Vancouver and now it's, it's starting to dip a little bit. Is that... Is that is that? Do you feel like the, the the players are aware of that, and that adds to kind of the importance of this week? Um, yeah, I think they're definitely aware of it. I think our expectations are extremely high for ourselves, um, and and I feel like, like all of us in life, we think the trajectory towards success is a straight line forward. However, we all understand that life is nothing like that, and you're going to always be thrown in the spin cycle. And the most important thing is how do you react and. Uh, I think we have a great group of guys, great leadership group. We, I think we have solidar solidarity uh, in and amongst us. And so really the onus is on us to understand that this is a part of the process 
and 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 really the only way we can control uh, the future is by um, having great reactions in the present. And so this next game against Colorado is an important one for that psychological part as well. Thank you, Pablo. Awesome. Brother. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielso Lake puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health. Caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great.